Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. Um, man, we're so excited you're here. My name is Jacob. I'm one of the pastors here. Can we welcome our church family watching in online? Come on. Uh, man, it's good to be here. And uh, I just want you to know who you're sitting next to is going to matter today, okay? Who you're sitting next to is going to be important. Some of you are putting your hand. I know you're married now, so I guess you could do that. Not some, not some stranger, Dylan. Um, man, who, you know, who, who God has called you to be, and you're here today, and you're, you showed up, and I, I just want to say to all those who missed last week because you lost an hour of sleep, um, we welcome you back. And uh, you have a seat here. We're not mad at you. We don't hate you. God might be mad at you, but we're not God. Uh, but you always have a place here. Uh, so tell the person next to you, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad you're here, man. I, uh, um, it's special for me because I got some family in town, guys. I got my brother all the way from North Carolina. And... Uh, my sister and her husband all the way from Georgia. Come on. Uh, many of you know my brother was a pastor down here for many years and serves up at a ministry we support called Evangelism Explosion. And him and his wife and his three kids are going to suffer this week uh, on a cruise. Um, just kidding. They're going to enjoy it. They're going to do a lot of ministry with a bunch of youth pastors. And then um, many of you have been praying for my brother-in-law, Andrew, uh, who's here. Um, and bro, Andrew, man, I, I just got to say, We've been talking a lot about you, and he's here in the front. Um, man, God, is, uh, God has done a work through our family. Many of you know that my mom was, was healed from breast cancer uh, many years ago. And so when, when we hear about another family member who's got cancer, um, you know, we're, we're like, we've done this before, uh, Satan. You know, we can do this again, and we can pray, and the enemy is not going to take hold of this, and the enemy is not going to convince us that... Uh, that, that this is over, right? Because our physical bodies are only here presently, but where will our eternal bodies be forever in heaven? Amen? So we're not going to let the enemy, when I say, like, Satan, you've done this before, you've tried to attack our family, you try to convince us that this is the end, um, but man, this is, this is just the beginning as a believer, right? This is just the beginning. So, um, Andrew, I think you find out this week, right, if, if you're cancer-free, and we're going to believe and we're going to pray. Um, if this, you got you to show up to a good Sunday because I'm going to take you through something uh, that I really believe is, you know, our, our word for this year is, fo- is foundation. And we really believe that if, if we need to know who we are as, as people of, of God and part of his church, part of his body, then what does that look like? And so we've been walking through what we've called We the Church, walking through who we're, who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to look. Some of us are rethinking, how, you know, how we act. We're rethinking how we how we talk, we're rethinking what kind of deodorant we put on because then that says a lot about us as the believers, right? And so, um, you know, we're asking all these questions like, God, who have you called us to be and what have you called us to do? And so what I want to take you through today is something that you may have heard before. If you've been part of church for uh, plenty of years, um, you've probably heard some of, some of these things, some of these truths. We want to give you, give you an in-depth look at who we are as Victory Life. And the truth is, any, any Bible-believing church kind of runs the church the same. We just change the language a little bit, so to make it sound a little bit different. Uh, so I want, to t- I want to take you in an in-depth look at who we are as Victory Life. 
And uh, my, my, my hope today is, as, as a believer, that you'd one, be, you're encouraged, but two, as a member of VLC, you're like, man, I now have some clarity on how the church operates. I have some clarity on the vision and what their purpose is. And if you're not a member of VLC, you're watching it online, maybe this will answer some of the questions that you might be asking today or that you've been asking for the past few weeks. As I met with somebody this past week, and I said, I had a bunch of questions to ask you. And I was like, well, show up to church this Sunday. And they said, well, I can't make it. And I was like, watch online. And they said, I will watch online. So uh, I pray that that helps you. Uh, this helps you today. And um, man, really our prayer is, is, is for you to, to know who God is and start to discover some things. And I won't give you those points right now. I'll be sorry. I kind of jumped ahead. Um, in John chapter 10, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And he, he, he tells them, he's like, listen, there, there's, a, there's an enemy out there that's deceptive. The, the enemy has one purpose, to, to steal, to kill, and what? Destroy. But Jesus says in John 10, verse 10, he says, but I have come so that you may have life and you may have it, what's the word? Full. Somebody say full. Anybody want a life that's full, that's overflowing? Come on, anybody want that kind of life? God says, I have it. I, abundantly, I want to pour it out to you. That's what he was offering in John chapter 10, talking to the Pharisees, what I have to give. Guess what? He's still offering the same thing today. He's still offering that to you. And if you want a life that's, that, that's full, well, then you got to say hello to obedience. You got to say hello to submission, to a way of living. Can I take you to a passage the Lord put in my dad's heart many, many years ago in Micah chapter 4, verse 2? It says, many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. Every time you walk into this door, there is a banner right in front of your face. And some of you don't like that banner there, but it's there to tell you why we are here. And that is that we exist to help people live the way. Somebody say way. Tell the person next to you, not your way, not even my way, but whose way? But God's way. The way that he has intended for you to live everywhere you go, every day of your lives. And so what, what I wanna do today is give you a little, little insight and I wanna, I wanna break that down a little bit um, because man, I think this is gonna be so beneficial to you. It's gonna be beneficial to us as well as, as uh, what I'm gonna teach today is gonna be what we teach in what we're calling our growth track starting in the next few months. And it's gonna be how we invite people to be part of our church. Hey, you wanna call VLC your home? Great, let me, let me tell you what we believe. So you don't come in here and start preaching heresy. Let, let me tell you what we believe. Uh, let us tell you what you can do and what God has for you. And, and honestly, this is our hope. We don't want anything from you, we want something for you. We want something for you. God has so much for you. And as, as, as my dad and I, as pastors of this church, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me give you a passage, Albert, if you have that, that passage. Um, in Colossians chapter one, verse 28, Paul says, he is the one we proclaim. He's speaking to the, the, the believers in Colossae. He's reminding them of why he does what he does. And he says, um, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone you, fully mature in Christ. So I've titled this message this morning. This is like the, this is the, you know, the why, the how, the, I think uh, you could put it on the screen. I, I had like three different titles and I forgot my, my title. The why and how behind Victory Life. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you that you move in mighty ways. Thank you that we could worship the name that is above all names, that every tongue will confess, that every knee will bow. 
Thank you, God, that everything under heaven and earth will submit to you and submits to you, including us, God. Whether we like it or not, one day we will. And so we praise you, Father. We thank you. Some of us today are hurting. Some of us are, are broken. Some of us, we got issues. And, and you tell us in your scripture to bring them to your feet. And so here we are today at church. We want to learn. We want to grow. We've got some friends here. But God, we, we're bringing some things. We've got some questions we want to bring to you. And you're patient with us. And you're kind to us. And you're loving to us. And you're gracious to us. And so we thank you for that, Father. We thank you so much. It's in your name that everybody said in one loud voice. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we give God some praise one more time in this room? Um, it's in, uh, by, by the way, you might have sat uh, on this or maybe under your seats. Um, like I said, I'm going to take you through class today. And uh, if you want, you can follow along. So we got a little printout for you and it'll answer some questions. Um, you, you kind of, let me just, let me just kind of set the scene a little bit more. Um, as we launch this in the coming months to new people, who enter our doors or fairly new people or anybody who wants to be a part, you know, we're going to ask them to go through this, this two-step class and uh, before service, first Sunday and second Sunday of the month. Um, so uh, you, you're like the, the beta test today. So um, not that we're going to change up in, in any like of our, you know, philosophy and stuff, but that's going to stay. But um, we would like your insight. And so if you're taking notes today, uh, make sure you fill in the blanks. And uh, many of you know that we're inviting you back tonight to the part two of this, which is going to be at 5 p.m. We'll feed you. We'll take care of your kids and we'll have some fun. And that'll focus more on, which I'll explain here in a little bit. And so if you can, help us out and it'll help you follow along. Because how many, how many of you get distracted uh, very easily? Anybody got ADD, ADHD, all of it? Come on, that's me right here. So um, I, that's why I have notes so I can follow them or we will chase uh, trails that um, you have permission to just say, hey, Pastor, get back on track, okay? Um, so take some notes. If the person next to you starts to fall asleep, you have my permission to um, poke them and tell them to poke. By the way, if anybody needs a pen, just raise your hand. We got some people passing out some pens. If you need a pen, I know you're like, man, you gave me a piece of paper and we don't have any pens. And so if you need a pen, um, we'll raise your hand and we'll give you a pen right here. And if you're interested in helping us put those little things on the back of our chairs that we can insert pens in, let me know and I'll hire you for free for a, for a day and you can do that for us. Um, let me give you a little bit of our story first, because we got to go back to the beginning. If, if you were here in January, you might have heard a little bit of this. It, it, again, kind of take this as, man, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out if Victory Life is going to be the place that I, that I dig my roots, that I plant. You know, my family, I want to, I got a family of five, or I've got a, I just met somebody the other day who's got a family of 18. My wife is one of 11. That's a lot. But this person's got 18. I'm like, you crazy. You're starting your own colony over there. Is, this, is that what's going on? And um, so let me give you our story. Back in 1962, a church called Riverland Baptist Church would plant First Baptist of North Lauderdale. And for many decades, the church would minister around the Oakland Park area. And then a man by the name of George T. Smith would be voted on as the pastor of North Lauderdale. And they would move to that location. And in 1985, they built this, this new church in North Lauderdale and Fast forward to 1998, George T. Smith would hand over to the church to my dad, Ron Bramos, where he would be pastoring for 25 years, leading Victory Life Church, which moved to the plantation area about 15 years ago. And this past year, or years ago, God started to stir something in his heart that he felt the Lord leading him to hand things over to... Um, 
a successor. Not that he thought that he was done, because many of you know who my dad is. He, he's not done. He's got many, 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 many more years left, right, Dad? In him. <laughs> he still looks like he's 40, so he's got that going for him at least. And it would be at this point where he felt God was handing over, um, asking him to pass the baton. And um, here's where I come in. Man, I was born and raised in this church. I was the kid that uh, just ran around and thought I owned the place. And um, God began to, you know, lead me to um, serve him and love him. I was eight when I gave my life to the Lord. I didn't know all the answers then. But my dad's like, now that you got saved, let's baptize you in the lake. And so then I was like, boom, I got saved and dunked into the lake that I fish in. And man, my life began to not radically change then and there because I, I didn't know um, everything, but I was learning and it was at 17 that I surrendered my life, uh, I surrendered my calling to the Lord. And I said, God, I'm all in, right? I'm all in. Like, use me how you want, you know? And that's all I wanted to do was serve him. I, I mean that. I mean, I was into a lot of things, but I really wanted to serve God in ministry. And that was true. If you know some pastors, there, there was a point in time where they felt that God was calling them into full-time ministry. And that was at 17 years old. Fast forward a couple years, um, there, I had an interview at a church in Boca Raton that somehow took a chance on me, believed in me, and hired me. I have no idea why, but they, they brought me in as their student pastor. And I didn't think I was going to do youth ministry. Man, I thought I was going to do worship ministry, but clearly they thought my preaching was better than my singing. And, uh, and I won't let you tell me uh, yes or no to that. But they hired me as their student pastor, and I served there for eight years. And I'm very grateful for the time that I um, served under, under the, some great pastors who, who you will meet uh, this year. Some of them will, will be coming to speak. Because I mean, I want to introduce you to these men, these great men of God who have taught me these principles in the scripture, who have shaped me, who have helped me. And I thought one day I would plant a church. And uh, I got to be honest, I have friends that are church planners. And I am so glad that God did not call me to plant a church. Because uh, in 2020, my dad would call me and say, hey, Jacob, um, you want to come back home? And... Um, it was a decision that my wife and I had to make. And so in 2020, November, I think it was, in all that COVID thing, I know COVID wasn't a thing here at this church, but in all that was going on elsewhere in the world, uh, you know, it was like crazy. If you didn't know, there was lockdowns, churches couldn't meet. I know we, we don't know what that was, but and here, here, and here we were coming and making our way over to Victory Life. And as of uh, 2023, January 15th, that's like two months ago, right? Um, my dad would pass the, the baton. Uh, to me, and, and, and I'll say this, and, I, and I, I don't use my, my title really that often because uh, I don't think God is too concerned about titles, but I'm so grateful and I'm so honored to be your lead pastor. I get to serve with incredible people. I get to serve alongside my dad still. I get to serve with an amazing team. I have an amazing wife, Cheryl, with three little ones. And so I am blessed, Victory Life. I'm so thankful that you entrusted uh, me with, with this. And um, so, so what is our prayer for you? This would be the bulk of what I want to share. Um, and then we'll kind of hit a couple other things. And I promise you I won't, I won't keep you till, till 2, maybe 1.30. Uh, just, just kidding. Um, here's, here's our prayer because this, this will tie in with who we are, right? If, if we exist to live the way that God is. Uh, or if we exist to help you live the way that God has intended for you to live, then how does that look? You know, we just say that, but what does that really mean? What, what is that, what's the way mean? And for me to explain some of these things, I want to go back to the Bible, um, which, by the way, we have written in our bylaws, which I'll share briefly a, a, a little bit. 
we have in our bylaws that this is what it says. We affirm the Holy Bible as the inspired word of God and as the only basis for our beliefs. Can I get an amen? amen. Anybody thankful that this is the only basis for our beliefs? What about the Constitution, Jacob? I'm th- I just think some of us are weighing these a little, you know, I think some of us are, uh, anyway, we won't, we won't get in there. I'll let my dad do the talking on politics. Uh, Ephesians, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm all about politics, but I'm way more all about the Bible. Amen. Uh, go to Ephesians if you have your Bibles. Ephesians chapter one, and I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, and there might be some scripture that I'm going to give you that's not on the screen. So I'm, as we teach this in a class, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on first preaching it to you. But Ephesians chapter one, Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus, to the believers who are putting their trust in Christ, to those who have been set apart. And this is verse 17 and verse 18. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may what? What does it say? So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now, let me break this down and I give you four things. And this is, again, language you may have heard, but it's important for us to remember that as we exist to help you live the way, then first and foremost, it's important that you, here's the first one, if you're taking notes, it's important that you know God. That's what we want. We want you to know who God is. He says in verse 17, we keep asking that the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Now notice the word that he uses there. Because for us as believers, this is, this is what we're to step into. Knowing God better. But for people who aren't believers, where does it start? Simply by knowing God. How can you know something better when you don't know it in the first place? So what I want to do is, is break this down. Verse 17, if we're going to know him better, we first simply have to know who he is because how can you know him? And to be honest, many people claim that they know him. But what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21? He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. Who is in heaven. So you mean that you can know of God? You can talk about God, but not really know him? Yes. Even the demons, scripture says, even the demons believe in God. They talk about God. My neighbors say they talk about God. My neighbor did put a, a, a Mary and Joseph thing, you know, for Christmas. So they must, they must be a believer. Atheists would say there's no God. Agnostics say, well, if there's God, you can't really know him. Paul says, no, you can know him. In fact, you can't know anything else if you don't fully understand and know God. And so it has to begin and it has to start with salvation. John 17, 3. This is eternal life, Jesus said, that they know you, the the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So if, if you're not here, this is where you have to get to. This is where you have to be. Right, right here, knowing God is so essential. On my way here, I, I believe the Lord put, dropped this in my spirit because many want to be a part of the body, but how can you be a part of the body when you're not submitted under the head? You, you can't be part of the body if Christ is the head of his church. 
If this is where the lordship is, is this is this is what we have to submit to, then you can't claim that you're part of the body if you haven't learned to submit under the head. So it begins with, with salvation. If you want to know him better, then you first have to know who God is. And I think many people are asking the question, not like the jailer in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, who said, what must I do to believe? Remember what Paul said? He, he, he said, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, just believe in Jesus and you will be saved. And I think that many have stopped asking that question of what must I do, and now they ask the question, well, what's it going to cost me? What's it going to cost me? If you want me to submit to this, this God, if you want me to show up to this church, then, then what are the requirements that I have to abide by? Could you imagine that's what you had to do in marriage before you got married? To, to give me the list of expectations. Many of you know there was no expectations when you got married. You learned those expectations. Some of you, you should have known those expectations before. But God, not how must, how must I be saved? Many are asking, well, what's it going to cost me? Here's what Warren Wearsby said, to know God personally is salvation, but to know him increasingly is sanctification. So now we get to the part in 1 Thessalonians where he, where he says, or excuse me, in Ephesians, where he says, we want you to know him better. Let me give you a passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do me a favor, turn to the person next to you and tell them you're not done yet. In fact, God has still got a work to do in me. Can I get an amen? Some of us are like, a double amen, G, uh, Jacob, because man, I, God has a plenty of work to do in me because I, man, I have a lot of issues. We want you to know who God is. And how do we do that? Real simple. At Victory Life, we help people know God through two things, weekend services and lifestyle evangelism. I took that from the, from the Ron Bramos book right there, lifestyle evangelism. Every Sunday, you show up to church, you're going to get the Bible. If you're a believer, I pray that it teaches you, it trains you, it rebukes you, it, it corrects you. But if you're not a believer and you're showing up to church, as some of us, we invite our friends, they show up to church, guess what they're going to get? They're going to get the Bible. And I pray that it not just calls them to repentance, but it then begins to teach them and train them and, and sharpen them and, and all that the Bible does. Because some of you know what this Bible does to you. And so one of the ways that we help people understand who God is is by, by offering a church service on Sunday to, so you can know him and you can know him better. And we're going to leave space and assume that maybe there's somebody in this room that, that doesn't know God and that God has been drawing them in outside and bringing them into this house. And we will always not miss on an opportunity to invite somebody into the family of God. Right, church? But that's not where it all begins and that's not, not where it all ends because there is what my dad has always preached very, very well is that by how you live should be an example of who you love. Because some of you, your speech, if, if we were judging you as a believer by what you said, I think we, some of us, we'd be poor examples. But, but if we judge you by how you lived, some of us, we'd be awful <laughs> examples. Jesus even said it in John 13, verse 34. He said, a new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Do you know that you are a representation of Christ? And so my question is, what kind of representation are you of Christ? 
at your workspace, at your home? What Christ do people see in you? Not just by how you talk, by how you live. Not just by how you, how you uh, forgive people, but whether or not you cheat people. How are you living like God has intended for you to live? Everywhere you go, everything you do and everything you say, we want people to know who God is. Step one, give yourselves a round of applause. Step two, here we go. You don't need to do that. Find freedom. This is, this is go to the book of Exodus, by the way, Exodus. If you, if you have your Bibles, go to Exodus chapter six. Um, Ephesians 1.18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Do you know when I discovered a caramel macchiato at Starbucks, the enlightening that was taking place in my soul? You see, I found this new freedom in my caramel macchiato Starbucks drink, and I was no longer bound and enslaved to the K-cups at my house. Come on, can I get an amen? Then I discovered how expensive um, a caramel macchiato is at Starbucks, and then I kind of went back to the K-cups. When you are in Christ, there is a newfound freedom in Christ. You are no longer enslaved to your past mistakes, to your past sin, to who you were. Amen? You are not who you were, and you are not who you are. You are becoming who God has called you to be. So I'm very thankful that I'm not who I was. And here's the thing. The Israelites in Egypt, God was going to do a work in them, but first he had to bring them out of something. In Exodus chapter 6, the Israelites are in slavery, and God is raising up Moses alongside with his brother Aaron to speak on behalf of God to tell Pharaoh to what? To let my... Come on. Pharaoh, Pharaoh. And let my people go. There we go. Come on, somebody. Somebody was in Sunday school with me. Uh, maybe that was the songs I grew up singing. Now, we didn't know anything secular. That was the only stuff that we listened to uh, up until uh, a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> but I know all the songs. Man, Father Abraham, you know, all, all that stuff. We won't get into there because uh, we want to stay focused. But Exodus chapter 6, um, you know, if, if we're thankful that we are no longer who we are, and uh, I, I think about the, the, the famous legendary band, Reliant K, and they said, who I am hates who I've been. And so we're going to find and discover here that the people of, of, of God and the Israelites enslaved in Egypt, we're going to find out who they were. And he says this in verse 6, because Moses cries out to God. He's like, he first speaks to Pharaoh, and he's like, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go, huh, you know, and Pharaoh's like, no, no, in fact, um, I'm going to make it worse for them now because of what you're asking me to do. And I'm going to enslave them even harder. I'm going to take away materials from them and, and I'm going to see what they can do. And, and Moses goes back to God and he's like, God, what the heck? You know, like I, I spoke on your behalf, you know, and this is, this is what we get. And listen to the promise that God says to, to Moses. And I want you to know that this promise is still here today. And this is the promise that he wants for you. And I'll explain it. He says, therefore, say to the Israelites who are complaining now, tell them, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you in outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. A hundred years of slavery, God gives this promise. He said, I am going to bring you out. But then he says, and I'm going to free you from being under their yoke. 
How many of you know that you can be brought out of something but still mentally be enslaved to it? You can, you can physically be freed from that which you were in bondage to, but mentally you're still there. Mentally you haven't changed. Mentally you haven't, you haven't changed how you thought, not just about what took place, but you haven't changed how you thought now about who you are and what your identity is in. So God is telling the Egyptians, not only am I going to get them out of Egypt, but the Egypt that's in their heart, I'm going to get that out as well. I'm going to bring them out and I'm going to bring it out of them. Now that you've been brought out of spiritual bondage, now, now what? Now that I've been freed from my past sin, free from my past mistakes, Galatians chapter 3. Paul writes, you are now sons and daughters of God. You're a child of the king. Some of you, some of you have forgotten about that. You are a child of God. You are given a crown. Do you, do you realize you are given a crown? And some of you are like, I've been given a crown. This is great. Well, it's not going to be that great because you're not going to keep it. Because when you get to heaven, guess what? You're going to throw it at his feet because it was his crown in the first place. But you're a son. You're, you're a daughter. You see, I have to change now how I think I've been freed from that, but I no longer am enslaved to it. There's a new identity about me. There's a new way of thinking about I'm no longer thinking like a slave. I'm thinking like a son. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. There is freedom from your past. There is freedom from your sin. Some of you have been freed from, and, and, and you're serving God, and yet you're, every time you walk into this church, you're bringing all that sin right back in. You're, you're bringing all that bondage right back in. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? God freed you from that. Why are you still holding on to it? Well, Jacob, that sin, it still creeps in, and it still wants me. So how, how do we help people find freedom? At Victory Life, we help people find freedom through two things. Small groups and discipleship. Small groups and discipleship. We're all about this. A church our size, look around. We launched 21 small groups, church. 21. And we, we believe freedom is found in those groups. We believe change, chains break in those groups. James tells us when you confess your sins to each other, what does it say? You find healing. Why is it so important for us? Because we, we want you to find healing. And if 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 is true, God did not call us to live impure, but he called us to live a holy life, then we need some people around us to help us. You cannot do this alone. You can't do this by yourself. Nor do you have to show up here and, 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 and get on these steps and confess your sins every Sunday. I mean, you could do that Monday. Some of you are gonna do that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and then, you know, double time Friday and Saturday because you got to get ready for church on Sunday. So you can do that wherever you're at, but imagine, imagine having people around you that love you, that care about you, that say we're here for you. Would you consider being honest, being transparent, allowing somebody to get into your life and say, hey, let me help you. Let me help you. Have you ever had somebody show up to your life and say, hey, I want to help you get from point A to point B? Can anybody relate to that? Yeah? How awesome is that? You, you want to believe in me? You want to help me? Do you know what I bring? Yeah, I know what you bring. Do you know who I am? I know who you are. Do you know how many marriages? I know how many. Do you know the list of sins? I know the list of sins. But that's irrelevant because you are a son. You are a daughter of the king. And let me help you. If God has called us to live a holy life, let me help you. And so would you consider seeking Letting somebody disciple you, letting somebody mentor you, letting somebody understand and help you understand the freedoms that you have in Christ. 
and what you have been freed from. So know God. That's what we want you to do is know who God is. Know him better. And then we want you to find some freedom. Anybody found freedom in Christ? No longer, you're no longer who you were. You're no longer enslaved to that stuff, man. Everything about you has changed. You love that. So you, 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 you hate who you were. It had purpose, sure. It definitely had purpose to show you that you needed a savior to step into your life. But that's no longer who I am. And don't let anybody tell you that's who you are, by the way. Because some people will try to take, tell you who, who you who you should identify as and what you should identify as. But your identity is found in only one thing, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. So, um, and you clap for that. I know we got one clap. That's it. I'm thankful for that. Discover purpose. Move on to number three. Discover purpose. And I'll try and move a little quicker. Um, Ephesians 1.18. It says, I pray, and again, I'm breaking that passage down. If I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order, here it is, that you may know. You have a pen, actually, if you have a Bible underline this. You may know the hope to which he has called you. Mark Twain said the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Can I give you a stat from Fuller Theological Seminary? This was years ago. It said 87% of current church membership has no idea why they were born. 87% has no idea why they were born. No idea of their calling. No idea of their purpose. Isn't that tragic? No idea what they're supposed to do. God, I'm supposed to show up to church. I'm supposed to bring my Bible. My wife tells me to sing. Some of you are like, my wife tells me not to sing because I just cannot sing at all. I'm so tone deaf. But I show up, and then my wife tells me to stick around and talk to people. So I do that. And then I start talking to people, and she says, we got to go. What are you doing talking to people? And I'm like, God, what do I do? Is that my purpose here, just to show up, sing, read, and talk to people? Um, in Psalm 139, verse 16, David says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Can I read that again for you? This is Psalm 139. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Then why are you trying to find purpose in that relationship? Why are you trying to find your purpose in that job? Why are you trying to find your purpose in that bottle? Why are you trying to find your purpose in who you think you're supposed, supposed to be? Well, when, when, if God is the, is the one who created us, who has called us, then why have you not been seeking God for your purpose? I'm not saying don't go to school. Go to school. I'm not saying, you know, get a good job. Get a good job. Make sure you know the purposes in life with relationships and, and, your, and your job. But who you are and who God has called you to be, that is only from God. We talk about this word calling, and we'll talk about this tonight, by the way, if you're coming back, about that word calling. But who God has called you to be, that's, you're only going to get that from God. So it's time to put down all the books that you're reading, and it's time to pick up the Bible and read this thing. Because you just might find who you are supposed to be through this. And so I'm, I'm discovering purpose. That's what we want for you. We want you to know who God is. We want you to, um, to find that, that freedom. But then we want you to discover the giftings that God, it says in Romans chapter 12 or 6, we have different gifts according to the grace that is given to each of us. We have preached plenty on how God has called you to a life that is bigger than yourself. It's not about you. As much as you think it's about you, it's not about you. It's about other people. It's about laying down your own interests. 
It's about picking up your cross daily and following Jesus for all of your days, not just until you're old and gray, not just until you retire. Some of you are like, man, I retire. Now I can vacation for the rest of my life. And then you forget about church. You forget about reading your Bible. So how, how do we do that here at Victory Life? We help people discover their purpose through the growth track. By the way, you're in step one today of growth track. Right here, you're in step one uh, of growth track. This is, this is why we are discovering, God, um, what, what am I called to do? Because here I am. I mean, I, I'm in the, I sit in the front row or I sit in the third row and, and I sing and I love it. But, but then I leave and I, I go back to my nine to five and I go back to a house full of screaming kids. And, and my husband's like, where's dinner? You know, and I'm just like, God, what, 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 what's my purpose in life? And we want to help you discover that. That's, that's why we're here, to help you on this journey. If you think that we're only here just to sit up here and tell you what to do, then you're wrong. We want to help you do it. And then we'll tell you what to do, but we want to help you, we'll help you do it. We want to walk with you on this journey if we're going to expect you to live the way that God has called us to live. Let's do it together. And so you go through what we're going to call is step two, which is going to take place tonight at 5 p.m. We're going to, we're going to look at your giftings, not just like the, your personal, you know, giftings, but your spiritual giftings. There are some gifts only given to you from God, only by God. You can only receive it from God. Therefore, the edification of the church and some of you have no idea what those spiritual giftings are. Some of you are operating in different areas when God has uniquely designed you and created you to operate in these areas. And you'll never know unless somebody helps you. Somebody leads you to the passages, to the scriptures that says, here's how you were designed. So we do that through this, and it's going to happen in the months to come. And again, it's, it's for people who want to call VLC their home. But I'm taking you through this because you guys have been here, and this has been your home for many, many years. And here's the last one. Because we, we want to give you an opportunity to discover who God has called you to be, how he's wired you, so that you can start making a difference. How many of you want to live a life that, that matters? How many want to live a life that has purpose? I mean, could you imagine, you know, dying and nobody showing up and nobody even, you know, nobody cares? Do you know that there's, a, there's a, like an epidemic happening in our nursing homes where elderly people are dying and nobody shows up? Nobody shows up. Nobody cares. And they're there because, I'm not saying this is all scenarios, but many of the ones that I've visited, this is the situation. Their families are like, man, we don't want you. You're a lot of work. And you stink a lot. So we're just going to throw you in, in there. And it's like they're dying in there. And I'm not, that may be the only place that they can go, and I get that. I'm, I, but I'm just saying what a lot of them are sharing is that their family doesn't care about them. Nobody visits them. And then we bring some kids in there to sing some songs, and they're like, this is the greatest thing. They wouldn't, like, kiss us all. And I'm like, yo, listen, my grandma used to kiss me. You know, you're not, you're not my grandma, although you, you forgot that I'm not your grandson. But they, they, I mean, it's just crazy. But it's, it's, it's sad, and yet at the same time, man, God can do so, so much. And um, we want to make a difference. We don't just want to die alone. We don't just want to die and be forgotten about. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 says, you are the body of Christ. And therefore, you are to pay bills for the rest of your life. That's not what it says. It actually says that you are to retire and lay out in the sun until you are old and wrinkly. Man, I wish that's what the scripture says because sign me up for that. When I served in Boca Raton for eight years, that is like the retiring capital of the nation. That's where everybody goes to retire and lay out in the beach 
and waste all their money. That's, that's what's happening over there in Boca Raton. Um, but that's not who God has called you to be or what to do. He said you're the body of Christ and you are a member of it. Whether you're eight years old or whether you're 80 years old. It's a, it's a body submitted under the authority which is, which is Christ. Every member has a function. Every member has a purpose. And every member is to make a difference. And, and many of you are already doing that. And, we're, and, it's, and it's awesome, isn't it? Like, we're not trying to be prideful, but it's great when we, when we produce fruit, when we get to see God doing something, not just in us, but through us. Isn't, isn't that amazing? You're like, man, I'm just, God, this is, this is so worth it because of this situation, because of what I'm seeing, because of the fruit that I'm bearing. It's like when you produce some fruit, just take one bite and put it right back, all right? All right, don't just, don't just pat yourself on the back all day. But it's great when you get to make a difference, and I believe God has called us to make a difference. It says this in 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. When it comes to these giftings, which we'll talk about and in, in that second step, it's not for the edification of yourself, but it's for the edification of the church. It's to serve others. And so I, I discover who God is and I, and I learn more about him and I try to know him better and I'm understanding my freedoms that I have in Christ. And I'm understanding who my purpose is and, and what God has called me to do. And now that he's called me to do these things, like, let's go do them. Like, 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 like sign me up. Some of you, God has equipped you. He has placed you on the roster. But next to your name, it says inactive. That's what it says. And you're like, one day, God, I'll get out there when I'm married. One day, God, I'll get out there when I have some more money. Because when I look at my wallet, it seems to be nothing there. So um, God, one day when I finish my school. God, one day when I have a few more kids. Right, Cheryl? A few more? One day, God, I, I'll be respected when, my, when I'm making six figures, Lord. And um, next to our name on that roster in church is inactive. And we're wondering why we're not happy. We're wondering why there isn't a lot of joy in our life. We're wondering why... Um, we're not as close as we were to God. Because how can you be close to God when you're not bearing fruit? You know what the scripture says? If you're not close to me, if you don't abide in me, he says, I will, I will cut you off. But I don't want to be cut off. I don't want to be cut off from what God has for me. Could you imagine if your nearness to your parents determined whether or not you were going to be in the will when they died? Some of you are like, man, I have no relationship with my parents, and I probably need to call them and remind them that I'm on that will still, right, Dad? I'm on that will, right, Mom? And so here we are wanting to make a difference, and yet we haven't said, put me in, coach, because I'm ready to play. Why, why have, what are we doing? Man, I love sitting. I love, you know, just watching. I'm a, I'm a spectator. You got any spectators out here? I love people watching. It's the best, man. It's, it's funny. And then I, I, have, I feel convicted most times that I do that. We've got a lot of spectators out there that love watching what God is doing. And God's like, hey, you want to join? You want to partner with us? You want to do this together? Let's do this, let's do this together. Let, let, me, uh, let, me rap, let me rapid fire, okay? Can I do some of these things? Um, well, John 15, verse 8, let me give you this passage. This is to my Father's glory, Jesus said, that if you bear much fruit, you are showing yourselves to be my disciples. You're, you're showing yourselves that you are following me that you love me, that you've been called um, on purpose, you're by purpose, and now you, are, you have a purpose. And so how, how do we do that? Victory Life, we help people use their gifts to make a difference on one of our serve teams. 
You got that fill in the blank. That's what it is. Now, we're going to break this down even more. And so I don't want to get too, too much into this uh, because you're like, eh, you just want us to serve. Is that really it? No, we don't want anything from you. We want something for you. And by the way, we're not just asking you to serve in this house. Like there are other areas outside of this place that you can serve and be a part of. And so uh, knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose and making a difference. Let, let me break down. Let me kind of shift gears for a second. And uh, let me break down kind of who we are as a church and what our government looks like. Because if, if you're going to say, hey, um, I, I'd love to be part of this, this body. Um, tell me how it's run. You know, like, like who runs this place? Who tells people what to do? Who tells Pastor Ron what to do? Me. I tell him what to do because he, he told me I can't. Uh, I'm, I'm like, that's like thin ice, by the way. You know, like I'm, I'm like two months into this. And, and dad, I'm very grateful for how you've, uh, the humility you've shown and how patient you've been with me. And there are many times where I'm like, um, Dad, we're doing this. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, no, you put me in charge. And the next day I'm like, Dad, you know, you were right. You know, like, you were right again. And uh, so, uh, so I'm very grateful for that. But um, here's the first one if you're taking, jotting them down real quick. Um, and by the way, as you consider VLC to be your home, it's good to know uh, about these things, right? It's good to know uh, um, who we are. It's good to know how we're structured um, and how we, you know, have integrity, there's accountability, there's spiritual authority. So there's three things we broke it down to. Um, the first one is this, we are guided by pastors. So we're, we're pastor-led by myself with my dad. Um, we oversee the day-to-day ministry things, the operations of the church. Uh, these, these are the pastors that serve you and are responsible for equipping you and allowing you to do the work of the ministry and for your spiritual life, for your journey. Uh, let me read to you what our, our bylaws say. Uh, the church is, is autonomous and maintains the right to govern its own affairs, independent of any denominational control. Recognizing, however, the benefits of cooperation with other churches in world missions, Victory Life voluntarily affiliates with the Southern Baptist Convention in its national, state, and local expressions. So we're guided by pastors. Number two, we are protected through transparency. And, and this should, this should, you should get an amen from this. Amen. We believe transparency is so key because, man, some of you have been to churches your whole life and you're like, man, there's so many secrets. Nobody knows what's going on. And then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, I have no idea. And somebody calls you, hey, did you hear about what's going on in your church? And you're like, no, I have no idea. And like, are you even a member of that church? I've been here for 20 years. Now I get it. The bigger you get, there's some things you may not know. And if you're wanting to know everything, you may not know everything. But what I am telling you is that there's transparency here. From the top down, there's trans. You, you can you can look up a lot of things if you'd like to. Where if you're considering being a member, you have a right to see, you know, how we spend our money. And that's a huge thing, right? People ask me all the time. You know, like I've been burned by churches because of, of their money. All they want is my money, and I'll talk about money in a second. But that's all they want. And how do they spend their money? I mean, my pastor's got. I don't want. I don't want to go into that. But you just like look what he, look what he's doing. Look what he's got. And now, um, a lot of that is just judgment on our end, and we don't really know the ins and the outs, but um, you'd want to know, right, about how your church spends your money. And there are things you have, you can vote on things, but you voted on me in December or November. I don't remember, but you voted, yes. So thank you for that. Um, you, you, can, you can vote to remove me. I shouldn't have said, ow, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That's not in the, it's not in the, no. Um, you'll have to ask my dad about that. Uh, there's other things, and there's a lot more. Uh, number three, we're advised by the board of trustees. Man, we're very grateful for some really brilliant people in this, in this church who are very smart, way smarter than I am. 
Um, my, my dad's really smart as well, but we've got people like him who are advising us on how we make big financial decisions and how we support this church financially. So we're very grateful for that. And I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm just extremely grateful that I'm not doing this on my own. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for the oversight that I have as a pastor, not just here at VLC, but as a, as a father and as a husband. I'm very grateful for the partnerships that we have with other churches and organizations. Like, we don't do this alone. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm so grateful. Let me talk about finances, and then I'll close here. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. We recognize that giving 10%. My dad already mentioned Malachi chapter 3, so I won't read that. It, it's, a, it's a biblical standard for giving. We, we practice tithing to support the body of Christ, the church, and God's command. So we tithe. It's one of the central uh, themes of the Bible, giving. In fact, giving is talked about by Jesus more than the subject of heaven, hell, and prayer. And so if you're like, we don't, we don't talk about money in church. We should talk about money because Jesus talked a lot about money. And to understand what it means to be a Christ follower, then you have to understand what it means to be a Christ giver. And so we talk about the first fruits, the tithe. It's the principle of giving through God's word, the 10% of our income. Um, we talk about offerings would be the second one. It's going above and beyond. Read 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. The scripture says give generously. And then thirdly, there's the gift of giving. I mean, this is, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, this is the one area that churches have a hard time with when somebody says, I have a spiritual gift of giving. And it's like, that, is that a gift? Thank God I don't have that one. I don't want to give all my money away. But some people are like, man, I, this is what I do. This is, this is how God has wired me and blessed me. And so we have opportunities for that, for you to say, hey, listen, I want to above and beyond my tithe, above and beyond any offering. I want to help build the kingdom of God. Giving is not considered a business transaction, but it's an act of worship. It's an expression of gratitude towards God. I like to say it this way, in one act of obedience, you can say, God, I trust you and I thank you. I trust you and I thank you. That's finances. Let me close with this. There's a couple things that we will ask everyone who goes through this class to uh, kind of commit to. To say, you know what? If I'm gonna be part of this church, here's, what, here's, a, here's the, the requirements, you know? Um, you can't wear holes in your jeans on stage. Um, you can't, <laughs> that's not one. I only have holes in my jeans because I've, I've been praying for hours and hours this week and they just. <laughs> I had one guy in my church come up to me. Uh, this is my old church. And he gave me an envelope and inside the envelope was $100. And I was like, glory to God, this was a blessing that I needed. How did you know? And he said, well, you have holes in your jeans. You need a new pair of jeans. So here's, go buy yourself a pair of jeans. And I was like, these jeans, I didn't tell him, but I was like, these jeans cost $100. You know, not, not these ones. These actually were $9 at Target. So, uh, for, you know, praise God for Target. Um, so if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're part of the family of God, your next step of obedience is to be baptized. And then you come in agreement with, these, with this vision. You come in agreement with these values, with these, with these ideas in step one. And, and you're saying, you know what? I believe that God is leading me to make v Victory Life my home. And we say, all right, if God is leading you to make Victory Life your home, well, well here's four things. Uh, there's probably plenty of things. We've kind of just put them down in four. And a lot of these we've talked about over the past uh, five weeks, by the way. So they'll be familiar. But, but here's what we're asking you to do. This is so important for us as a church, but this is so important for you as a believer. If, you, if you're like, I identify as a believer, but my home 
is Victory Life, like here's some things that we're asking from you. And, and, and again, not from you, but this is, this is for you. I will protect the unity of my church. In other words, you're going to act in love towards other people. You're going to shut up any gossip or any confusion or any, any outside philosophies making their way in. You're going to do your best to, to stay unified and to be kind, support your leaders. Number two, we want you to share in the responsibility of, of this church. I share in the responsibility of my church. I'm going to pray for its growth as well as I pray for its health. If I believe the Great Commission, then I've got to embody that. My dad says it all the time. It's like, you just think the Great Commission was supposed to happen here on Sundays? He, he told you to go into all the world proclaiming and teaching. So you're part of that. So if you're going to share in the responsibility that we have as a church to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference, you're going to be part of that. And we'll, we'll put a title on you. Maybe not. We won't give you a title. We'll give you a title. If you want a title, we'll give you a title. Whatever. I'm the... I share, this is my title. I'm the evangelist. Or I'm the street, you know, whatever. Like you want, go be an example by how you live, not just by how you talk. Share in that responsibility. Will you help us? You know, Easter's coming. We'd love to fill this, this room up, two services with people. This is a particular service where we encourage you to invite people who don't know God. Bring them all. You got to rent a van, rent a van, and just put them in the car and just drive them here, you know? And let's tell them about Jesus. But don't expect that's the pastor's job and not yours. I will share in that responsibility. I will serve the ministry. I'll be functioning, right? I'll, I'll put me in, coach. I'm going to take my inactive status to now um, active. And I'm ready. I want to be functioning. And we're going to help you discover how you can be functioning. Like, what can I do? Like, I, I can smile. You can smile. Great. Would you just welcome some people out when they're walking in? Man, I, I, uh, I, I, I valet for, for a living, and I love just, would, would you help, not valet, because we don't do that here, but help, we should do that here. That'd be great. Some of you would love that. Um, maybe some of you would give more if we did that. Uh, you know, we could, <laughs> just kidding. Right, this is a class, by the way, remember? All right, we're, just, we're just talking business. Um, you park, I mean, just, I'll be functioning. I'll help. I'm, I'm all in. You know, whatever you need. I, I love, man, I'm, I'm very OCD. My wife knows this. Anywhere I go, I'm like, man, that's crooked right there. What? That is not spaced out proportionately. Like the letter there and that letter, I just, I, I just it's like a crutch. But um, I'm very thankful for it too because it, it's helped me uh, in, in many ways. But I, I'm like, man, I, I can't stand when I walk into a church and the chairs are, are crooked. And, I'm like, and some of you are like, this design isn't even right. There was a design and I put the design together. But since we've, all these weddings that have been taking place, the chairs just don't get, they just, there's no design anymore. And I'm okay with that. But maybe you're like, man, I just want to straighten chairs and make sure they look good for the people of God when they show up into the church. I don't know, that's just whatever. Develop a servant's heart, will you? That's key. Fourthly, I will support the testimony of my church. I will live in such a way that glorifies God by, by what I do, by what I say, by how I give. You know, I mean, many of you are like, I'm all in God and you've given everything to God except your wallet. You've given everything to God except your investments. You've given everything to God, let's hold off on money for a second, except your kids and their future and their destiny. You're like, God, I know what I want my child to be and he is going to be this whether they like it or not. And God's like, but I didn't call them to do that. And so what have you not given up? 
If, if you're going to be a part of the testimony of, of what's going on here, then you represent. You don't just represent our church. Although if you were wearing like a VLC shirt or you got like a sticker on your car, like represent, you know, as well, well don't, don't just start cutting people off or cussing at people. Um, if you do, just wear some other church's uh, uh, shirt. In fact, we did that one time as a youth. We were like another church's like shirt and we're like we did cause some mayhem at the mall. Uh, one kid did. Um, it was really funny. He's like, I'm part of so-and-so's church. Thank God you said that. But more importantly, you represent Jesus in this place. Everything you do, everything you say, how you live, how you act, how you walk, you represent God. So represent him well. Amen. I pray this is beneficial to you, and I want to invite you out tonight at 5 p.m. if you're able to make it. This isn't for everybody. I get it. If you're like, man, I've been here for 100 years, and I, I do all this. I don't need to know this. It'd be really good if you show up. We're going to walk through a personality test, and we're going to walk through a spiritual giftings test. And we're going to lay out kind of areas you can be a part of, ministries that we serve. And maybe God is going to spark something in you tonight that's like, you know what? The, 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 the trajectory of your life could start to change because of the difference you are now making, um, not for yourself, not even for our church, but for Christ. Who knows how God can not just do something in you, but how he can do something through you. So don't forget about what God can do through you, amen? Come on, would you stand to your feet? Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for all these amazing people. Thank you for the ones watching and online. And God, man, it's so good to be in your house. It's so good to worship a name that is above all names. It's so good to worship a name that you say in your scriptures is the Prince of Peace. God, you are a wonderful counselor. Lord, you, you, are, you are beautiful in all that you are and all that you make. And so, Father, like creation, God, sometimes we can't just help it but lift our hands and worship you. And thank you that you took somebody like me, God, who was messed up, who had a lot of issues. You redeemed me. You saved me. You changed me, God. Now my life is I'm compelled to serve you. I'm compelled to honor you for the rest of my days. Anybody else like that? You just want to live a life only for God because of what he's done for you? If that's you... Come on, would you lift up your hands across this room? And can we worship him? Can we praise him? Lord, you're beautiful. You rose. Not only did you die, but you rose from the grave. We thank you for that, Father. We praise you for that. Nobody said you could do it, and you did it anyways. And you did it for me. You did it for people in this room. So we worship you, Father. We thank you. Come on, worship him this morning. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.